Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Secret Place Pod with your wonderful host, Aaliyah Renee. I hope you're doing blessed. This is an unexpected Sunday evening podcast episode. I'm literally going to record this and we're putting it up on YouTube in like, like literally once I press end record because this is a very, uh, very situationally inspired word, but still a prepared word because this is something that the Lord has been walking me through and working on me with. Um, I posted a podcast episode just a couple days ago on Friday, Victory and Vulnerability. If you haven't seen that, make sure to check it out. This is just a bonus one that is a very timely word. Um, we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare and demonic attacks. Um, let's cover this prayer. Be, let's cover this podcast with a prayer before we get started. Bow your head, close your eyes. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to come on here and speak to your people. Thank you for the blessing it is to be able to have a platform that we can preach and to talk about Jesus and fellowship without persecution, oh Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for the person who's listening to this. I ask that you would just bless them. And I ask that even now you just cover them under the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that saves, protects, heals, delivers, and sets free. Whether they clicked on this video to learn more, or they're just a regular podcast listener, or if they're dealing with spiritual warfares, or if they're dealing with demonic attacks, in the mighty name of Jesus, I ask that you would bind and rebuke the plan that the devil may have tried to have over their lives. Oh Lord God, I ask that you would arrest their mind, their body, their souls, and spirit under your love in Jesus' name. Oh Lord Jesus, you say that what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and what we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we bind the attack of the enemy. We bind the spirits of anxiety, depression, suicide, in the mighty name of Jesus. And in their place, we lose the spirit of peace. We lose the spirit of joy. We lose the spirit of life in the mighty name of Jesus. If they know you, O Lord Jesus, we ask that you would put a hunger in them to get closer to you. O Lord Jesus, that you would be a shield around them. As it says in Psalms 3, 3, um, that thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, the lifter up of their heads, the lifter up of our heads, O Lord God, lift up our heads and give us wisdom, give us accountability and let us walk, O Lord Jesus, in authority in this earth, understanding that we do not have to be victims to the devil. We do not have to be victims to spiritual warfare, that we can open our mouths and come to you to be delivered and that you've given us the tools to be set free from these things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, cover this time under the precious blood of Jesus, amen. Period, period, okay. I mean, (laughs) I feel like you've already gotten like a little spiel for me of what this week is like. I mean, you'll see that in Friday's episode because we're just recording. We're recording. Um, It's interesting because the way that I do these is a lot of the times these are cooked up words with a lot of scripture. (laughs) Like I don't have notes, y'all. Everything that I have on this computer is just the scripture. Like it's literally just scripture. Um, And usually how I do this is I will record it and then I'll post it on Friday. So I don't usually do it like this. I know sometimes people have podcasts or they post like impromptu videos where it's just like vibes and it's like what the Lord says to them at that moment, they record, they go live, they post. Um, That's something that I did a little bit in the latter end of the year last year. But um, now I just want things to be more structured. I want you to be able to find a place at 12 p.m. on Friday on your lunch break, you can come and you can listen to the word of God, um, through me, who's a vessel. Um, oh yes. And I just pray that the Lord just anoint my hands, clean my heart, clean my hands and allow me to be a pure vessel, sharpen my tongue to deliver the word that you have for your people in Jesus name. We pray, amen. We just praying on top of prayers. This is a topic that I've talked about, um, 
on my main channel on one of the vlogs i talked a little bit about spiritual warfare when i was going through spiritual warfare um and anxiety i think it was like a couple months ago maybe like at this point maybe like eight months ago six to eight months ago probably more because six to eight with landis in like august it was definitely mid the beginning or the mid summer um but was going through spiritual warfare and the way that i was delivered from that is i really turned to my mom now i don't really live with my mom anymore don't really i don't i moved out oh my gosh i moved out like over a year ago now and since then i've been navigating life and it's a blessing because i still talk to my mom like every like literally every single day she prays for me every single day i know that a reason why i'm developing the way that i am the way that i'm protected the way that i have favor is not just because of my prayer and my right standing with god but i know that there's a covering that parental maternal covering that comes from my mom who prays for me and because of that i understand that blessings come from that i understand that um because i am because she has made a covenant with god part of my inheritance as her daughter is a continuation of that covenant if we think about abraham making a covenant with god his covenant continued abraham isaac jacob and so on and so on and so on which was to have an inheritance that was multitudes of earth and generations that were as countless as the sand abraham made a covenant with the lord and honored his covenant with the lord as he lived and because of that the lord honored his covenant even after abraham's death through his generation so i understand that through my mother's prayer um there has been a blessing that has been given to me because of her faithfulness to the lord and i don't take that for granted and i thank her for that i know she's listening so thank you mama mama mom ah my my mouth is not articulating words um but as i have moved on my own there's definitely been a bit more of a reliance on my own faith walk with god in the day-to-days because sometimes when i would feel the type of way i just go to my mom's room and i'd be like mom this is how i'm feeling she's like let's pray but here it's kind of like i go through things um and it's kind of like i'm the let's pray now i have to say to myself okay Leah, let's pray um and when i was younger it's weird because i always felt so averse to praying sometimes i would be there and my mom would be praying and i'm like oh i'm so tired of hearing her pray and it's funny because i say this all the time to her the older that i get the more i become like her as i see myself becoming a woman of god she was like one of the best like most perfectest examples of what it means to be a woman of god to sacrifice to surrender everything and just lay prostrate before the father surrendering your plans and just letting his plan reign and just being a true woman of god who walks with god and walks and knows no sin like obviously my mom struggled with things but she truly is like so pure and i'm gonna cry because i love her but that's not really the point the point that i'm getting at is the older that i get the more i find myself finding her tendencies in this life that i live like as a single woman with like you know i'm away from my parents and she lived this life of being a single mother raising me on her own with no support you know away from her family and she had to adopt certain behaviors and habits and certain like a certain closeness to the father in order to raise me and i'm so grateful that she didn't turn to the left or to the right or to her friends but she turned to the father because that example follows me through and oh my gosh why am i crying i just really appreciate and i don't take for granted the example that she gave to me 
this isn't even the point of this video, but one of the things that she taught me very keenly was how to deal with spiritual things and i think when i was younger i took for granted um the things that she would teach me on how to respond to things i remember sometimes i'd be angry or i'd be sad um part of like my life when i was younger i would hear like voices in my head it felt like i was dealing with like schizophrenia like i would just I would be very spiritually oppressed and when I would come home after being away or whatever that may be, she would just pray for me and I would feel peace, but she would pray in a way where there was um, true power in the way that she prayed. She would pray for my deliverance um, and I definitely don't take that for granted and I, I truly, truly, truly am grateful to her for that. I sort of got more and more desensitized and I less and less realized how much her covering was so important to my peace of mind and well-being. Thankfully, I was delivered from some of the things that I was dealing with as a child, definitely due to, you know, some generational stuff um, that, again, my mother was a pivotal role of praying me out of. So I'm no stranger to spiritual warfare. I'm also no stranger to spiritual, like, oppression when I was younger, like I said, dealing with like hearing voices. And um, then in my adult life, when I was delivered from that sort of like the whispers and the restlessness and feeling like, literally feeling legions of spirits just around me when I was younger. I remember one time we were in the Dominican Republic and I'm very sensitive to the things of the spirit. And like, if you think about when you're staying at a resort, you, you can sense you, well, you don't sense. You know that there's a lot of people living above you, below you, beside you, left, right, all the above. And I remember I was like laying down on my bed trying to go to sleep. And I just like heard these voices and I could like feel things just moving across my body. And I again ran to my mother and we prayed. Uh, I remember she was sleeping on the couch. I was sleeping on the bed because my grandmother was sleeping on the other bed. And my mom was like, I'll sleep on the couch. Don't worry, guys. And I remember it was like... This must have been like around 2008, whenever Obama got elected. Um, and she was like watching a bit of elections and it was like late at night. And I was like, mommy, I need you to pray for me because I'm freaking out right now. I'm eight years old. And I'm like, why, why am I hearing these voices, these whisperings and just feeling these things? And she prayed for me and I felt released. And then that there was like a couple more instances, but it was only when I truly was probably like 13 or 14 where I felt like I've never like experienced that praise God and I think it's because my relationship with God also got stronger after that point I had gone to Israel I had uh, again dealt with spiritual warfare and uh, in Israel my mom had encouraged me when I was dealing with this spiritual warfare to like uh, Aaliyah you pray like you pray now um this was like a couple days before I had gotten baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and she's like just pray like you claim this uh deliverance from this warfare this oppression that you're feeling and I remember after that trip when I had gotten back in like 2013 I didn't deal with those voices anymore which was a blessing. And again, I think it's because not only because of my mother's prayers, but her prayers were only such a covering. It was only until I stepped into my own spiritual relationship and understood the spirit realm. And I have this piece of paper. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I think my mom has it or she gave it to me, this piece of paper where I wrote down, it's, you can see the hotel that we stayed at in Israel. And I spoke about, um, just like feeling so much anxiety and feeling so attacked. And then, 
I just heard this roar of a lion, like the lion of the tribe of Judah. Like I heard Jesus just roar. And I understood that there was so much great power in Jesus and just saying the name of Jesus. And even at 13, it was like, I understand that this this is not just me in this there's there's a god that loves me whose power that i can call on when i feel like i'm dealing with spiritual warfare so that was like crazy crazy so i got back home i was feeling empowered and then um yeah what else happened okay so fast forward to getting older understanding the strength and the power that comes from you know, being able to pray and believing that spiritual warfare is real. And today, actually, I was going for a walk and, well, there's been many situations where I've had to pray myself out of situations, but I don't know what it is, something about me. And again, like I said, like sometimes I'd be like, oh, was my mom done praying? Even though I knew the power and strength of, you know, the prayers that she was saying, I would always be like, oh, are we done yet? And I feel like that was opposition from the enemy trying to stop me from understanding the importance of spiritual warfare. But um even sometimes when i would go through things alone i wouldn't want to pray to god like my mouth would feel shut even knowing that god is the source i can go to him and get relief from whatever oppression i'm feeling from the lord and through prayer and through talking to others talking to my mom i would just be like in my apartment my dorm and be like i don't want to talk to anyone i just feel so miserable and i know the answer is to go to pray to god but i just can't do it so I would distract myself, but still feel oppressed in the moment. So it kind of got to the point where in August, when I was praying for this apartment, again, dealing with true spiritual warfare, true test of faith, true test of my relationship with God. After I came out of that, I understood the power of prayer in terms of situations, but I also understood and it reinforced the understanding I had on the power of prayer when it came to spiritual warfare. Um, and then today I was reminded of this because you know what? I've been chilling y'all. I've been doing really good spiritually again, like not dealing with, I was delivered from anxiety, delivered from depression, suicidal thoughts, voices in my head. Like I was delivered from this by the blood of Jesus, not by me, not by doctors. I've been to one therapy session, um, at school. It was free and they diagnosed me with anxiety. Um, And then I was like, no, I'm not going to claim that. And I've been fine. I used to have panic attacks in the middle of Dollar Trees and would be like just standing there and be like, let me calm my breathing. I wouldn't pray. I'd be like, let me calm my breathing first. And I'd be like, no, I got to call in the name of Jesus. So again, I knew the the power of prayer, but there were so many things just stopping me from doing it. I don't know why. I just thought it was like cringy. And I think that was the enemy trying to stop me from tapping into my potential. But anyways, I've been doing good. I've been doing well, like blessed. And I think it's just because I've been so obedient to God. And a lot of the things that were portals or doors to that anxiety, I surrendered to the Lord. And I think that's why I've seen such restoration because I've been walking and living right with God. But we'll get to that. But today I was going on a walk in my neighborhood because it was five degrees. It's five degrees out. The sun was out. I'm like, let me go for a walk. I walked. I just want to walk my miles. I want to do my little hot girl walk. Got my podcast in. Girls Gone Bible. Walking, you know, and there's this neighborhood by like near my apartment that I it's like 
it's nice it's pretty it has this nice regal name and i was like oh i want to go walk down there because i thought it was like mansions and stuff like that it's not mansions um spoiler alert so i turned into the neighborhood and as soon as i started walking down the neighborhood god was like you're not supposed to be here and i was like why do i feel like i'm not supposed to be here because i think this is a bougie neighborhood little did i know the lord was literally tugging on me because of the principality of the power of the air that was around that region and i was walking i'm like oh i'm feeling a way like you know you could smell the weed i was like okay and then you could like kind of just feel this heaviness and for a lot of us when we deal with spiritual warfare or demonic attack it can be manifested in different ways you know sometimes you hear voices sometimes you get these panic attacks because remember panic attacks they're just demonic attacks feelings of depression and suicidal thoughts are demonic attacks but we got scripture we're gonna bring the scripture trust me i love scripture i'm just setting the foundation um so i felt this heaviness in my chest i'm like i'm listening to a christian podcast so i know like i'm covered no that's not how it works baby that's not how that works so i'm walking down the neighborhood it's like a labyrinth it's hard for me to get out i pass this older you know these two older ladies and they're like going on their evening walk but i still feel a heavy oppression of the spirit um and i walk by this man and there's like as soon as i walk by him there's a strong pain on the left side of my face from where he walked walked by me um and again when i was younger my mom would say things like go on the other side of the street we're not crossing this way that man has a demonic presence this is that and i'd be like oh girl you're doing too much but when you're really tapped in that's and i think people who say you're doing too much are people who are not actually tapped into the spirit realm and are not living pure and right before god and do not have the holy spirit living within them i think the more closer you are to the holy spirit the more sensitive you are to spiritual things so it's easier for you to sense the spirit of god and it's also easier for you to sense the spirit of things that are not of god demonic spirits um and it's easy for you to see things as what they are and I guess that's the perfect time to bring up this first topic. When we talk about spiritual warfare, we need to understand that this life is a wrestle of the spirit. Everything is spiritual. And we can start with Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 12. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So tuning into that 12th verse, we struggle not against flesh and blood. That means that we don't struggle against human to human, person to person. We don't struggle with these fleshly topics of anxiety or depression or this hereditary idea that, oh, like, we can pass down genetically anxiety and depression and da 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 da. Do I think that there are genetic changes that can lead to these things? Absolutely. But let I don't think that those genetic changes are not driven by spiritual things. I believe in something called epigenetics, which is a scientifically proven thing. Over time, the expression of our genes can change. We can silence genes, we can turn genes on, and that can be passed down from generation to generation what is driving that some people say oh it's different circumstances in your life this this that if we understand that this genetic code that we pass down can be changed and this is scientific i believe that those changes happen 
even on a spiritual level. You open yourself to things and events and that causes changes. And then all of a sudden you have, a, your grandma had anxiety, then your mama had anxiety, then your daddy had anxiety. Wait, your mom and your dad are not related, hopefully. Your <laughs> your grandma had anxiety, your mom had anxiety, now you got anxiety and your anxiety is gonna pass to your kids. And you're like, oh, this is just genetic, like hereditary. Yes, it's driven by genetic things because we're in fleshly bodies, but deeper than that, it is not flesh and blood. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against genetic code that leads us to have anxiety. We wrestle not against the spirit. Uh, we wrestle not against depression because we're going through hard times in life, but we wrestle against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. That whole last postulate, fancy way of saying, principalities, powers of the air, and this dark world, demonic forces, the devil, Satan. How do we know it's talking about Satan? So it says here, struggle not against flesh and blood, rulers, authorities, and powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So who's who's in this earth? Well, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of suffering. So it says here, be sober-minded as we live on earth because the devil, again, through these forms of rulers, authorities, powers, dark spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, he's in the heavenly realms, he's in the He's in these regions, he's in neighborhoods, he's in houses, he's on and over people looking for who he can devour. He's in areas looking for spirits and vessels in whom he can devour. And then when he sees someone, like little old poor little old me walking down that neighborhood, he's like, can I devour her? Let me try. Let me knuck up on her. And you start to feel this heaviness like, ooh, what's going on? Or you start to feel these this spirit of depression or you start to feel these thoughts of being depressed or these thoughts of feeling anxious for no reason, your heart beating fast for no reason. He's looking and he's like, I see someone. Let me test them out. How vulnerable are they? How, how equipped are they in the spirit? Okay, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna respond to me when I place on thoughts of anxiety if i see you respond with jesus i know oh i gotta chill i can't mess with her i can't mess with him but if i see you response with indulging in it and being like oh, i'm so scared oh that's great i feed on fear the devil feeds on fear but he falters in our faith so when he sees fear he's like yes give me more give me more he feeds on that so he looks for our response i'm gonna connect it all to this all in one um, with Mark 16, verse 15 to 18. So this is Jesus talking to the disciples. He's giving them the great commission. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospels to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. So people like me and people like you who are living life, who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who are trying to walk rightly and sometimes have these scuffles or you know, problems with spiritual warfare or demonic attacks. He says, these signs will follow us, the believers in my name, in Jesus name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues and they will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them all. They will place their hands on the sick people 
and they will get well. The, just verse 17, it says, in my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. So Jesus understood that living on this earth as believers, we would be dealing with spiritual warfare. Everything we deal with is spiritual. When a person comes at you with this anger, it's the spirit of anger. When you are approached with anxiety thoughts, this is the spirit of restlessness. This is the spirit of torment that brings anxiety. When you're filled with these suicide thoughts and depressive thoughts the devil wants to come to steal kill and destroy he wants to steal your peace and give you anxiety he wants to kill you so he's going to put these suicidal thoughts and he wants to destroy you and your relationship with God and bring you further and further from him. So this first postulate, these three first scriptures is establishing that this walk is a wrestle with the spirit and Ephesians instructs us on a little bit of how we can navigate spiritual warfare. So once we recognize that everything is spiritual from our thoughts of anxiety to the person who is dealing with us at work, who seems to be treating us unfairly for no reason compared to other people, once we realize that everything has spiritual backings, even we ourselves, how we operate, we're operating backed by the Holy Spirit. The things that I do, me turning on this podcast, me with these scriptures, me chatting with other people and sharing the love of Jesus or posting a video, that is backed by the Holy Spirit driving me to do good and to spread the word and and to exhibit the fruits of the spirit. So in the same way, when you deal with someone who has anger, who's who has malice, who has a spirit of addiction or the spirit of lust, that's being driven by the spirit realm, but driven by the demons and the devil that's allowed to run rampant in them because they don't profess Jesus as Lord. Okay. So the first one, I just want to establish that we do wrestle against something spiritual. So don't be like me who a couple years ago was like, oh, this is so cringy. We got to pray about everything. Oh, your, your spirit is grieved, mom, so I have to turn off this song? Yes, because there's spirits behind every song, and every song ushers in a spirit. Spirit of lust, spirit of anger, spirit of strife. And I didn't get it. I would be sitting there, I'm like, you're so dramatic. Like, she would tell me, ooh, that man scrawled my blood. I'd be like, that's so rude. Why would you say that? But there are spirits on people that you see beyond the person, and you see the spirit that is in the person or over the person just like principalities powers and heirs that are over a region of that neighborhood that i walked in i didn't even finish telling the story walked in the neighborhood tried to get out it took me like i probably walked two miles just in that neighborhood alone it was huge and the whole time my heart was so heavy i'm like you get this feeling oh something bad is gonna happen or i'm not supposed to be here mind you the lord already told me don't turn into that neighborhood he said you're not supposed to be here i'm like why am I not supposed to be here? Is it because it's bougie and I'm, it, girl, it was not bougie. Again, I say again. So it wasn't a, you're not supposed to be here. He's like, you don't belong here. And I think sometimes the Lord will really push us and tell us things early on to try and protect us from spiritual warfare. When we have the Holy Spirit, he talks to us constantly and he will say to us, listen, girl, you shouldn't go down there. Don't talk to that person. Don't, don't sign up for that. Don't be involved with this because you're going to open yourself up to something. And that's something that I'm working on with the Lord is having quick obedience and understanding when the voice is my voice or the voice is the Lord's voice 
or the voice is the devil's voice trying to stop me from doing something. And in that moment, I didn't use better judgment. I didn't stop to listen to what the Lord had to say. I was like, okay, let me turn into the street. And as soon as I walked in there, I was like this heavy spirit of anxiety. There's different anxiety that comes from like a spiritual oppression anxiety or anxiety like before you're about to go up and speak. And then when you start speaking, it's like everything's fine. Sometimes we have that initial like, oh, I'm scared. But then when you get into the swing of things, you know, it's better. But this was a heavy, heavy, heavy spirit crushing anxiety that I had not been familiar with for very long. And as soon as I felt it, I'm like, this is spiritual. And again, I was like, okay, let me push through it. I'm like, maybe it's just, maybe, maybe I just need to get in the groove. And once this podcast start hitting this, once they start talking about scriptures on the podcast, we're going to be good, right? No, because I was not supposed to be there. It's not my reading. No, no, no. So then I end up navigating my way out of the neighborhood, but I, and I'm walking and I feel better as I leave, but I still feel this heaviness because it's going to, in a way, it does carry with you. Like you have to pray out these demonic attacks and spirits it, it, you can feel an oppression at a certain point and then it get lighter or goes away and sometimes we're like oh we chilling we good but no there are still remnants of the spirit that that will come and get you you know what you know what ah i'm like do we do we just jump into the scriptures do we just jump into the scriptures Woo. Okay, let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke 11, verse 24 to 26. Let's really understand this idea that spirits can come and they can dwell in you. And a spirit can go and be lighter. You can be delivered. And then sometimes it can come back. This goes under a point on how to navigate spiritual warfare. So get to Luke 11, verse 24 to 26. This is under the postulate of guarding your heart and mind. So this is about guarding your heart and mind. You need to, in order to navigate spiritual warfare and demonic attacks, you need to close any vulnerabilities and surround yourself with the things of God. We have to walk right and have faith. Luke 11, are you there? I hope you're there. I hope you're taking notes. It says, when an impure spirit, this is Jesus talking to the disciples now, so we need to listen. This is Jesus. This is the king of spiritual warfare because we cast things out in Jesus' name. So he's telling his disciples what's really up. This is right before they were accusing him that he was, sorry, I'm just checking to see if it's recording. They were just, this is right before they were accusing him of casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub, which is the name of the, the God of the, the, the Lord of the flies, which is another word for Satan. Um, so he says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes to arid places seeking and seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order because that demon has been cast out. So that person is chilling. We get our demon cast out or we get out of this place like this neighborhood and we're like, oh, we feel good. We're good. But that demon, when it comes out of a person, immediately starts searching for another vessel to fill. When it does not find anyone else to fill, it's like, let me go back to homeboy who got set free on Sunday from the spirit of lust. And let me see what's up. Let me see. Let me see what's going on. And he re- he says, let me return to the house I left. When it re- arrives, it finds the house. So it finds our vessels that have been set free, swept clean and put in order. Because one thing about Jesus, when a demon gets cast out, it's clean, it's effortless, it's easy. And then that demon goes in and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself and goes and lives there back in that vessel. And the final condition of the person is is worse than the first. What this is saying is we have to understand when we come out of situations of spiritual warfare and when we come out of situations um, where we've been delivered and set free, 
that our vessels are now empty. The demon, the demonic presence or power that was within us is empty, but we have a responsibility to fill that emptiness with the spirit of God, with the things of God. Because if we don't, that demon is just going to come right back. And when he sees that you're not getting in your scriptures after deliverance, when you're not getting deeper in the word of the Lord, when you're not getting deeper in your relationship with the Lord and praying more, he's like, okay, he was set free. She was set free, but she's not really serious. So, um, since I know that I can come back and I'm good, let me bring the homies here too. So you were dealing with lust first. I'm spirit of lust. Now I'm going to bring anger. I'm going to bring depression. I'm going to bring the spirit of suicide and anxiety. Hey, we got about seven, one stronger than me. And because I know you didn't fill yourself up with the Holy spirit, you did not fill yourself up with the things of God after you were delivered. I'm going to bring seven more. Cause I know this is a clean house now. We can make room and I know you're not actually being serious and walking in your deliverance. So let me just bring more people in. We chilling. When I read the scripture and I and I deeped it, I took it in. It reminded me of me struggling so much with these things of my childhood, dealing with the spirit of 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 hearing voices, the spirit of anxiety. I'd be set free from my by my mom, but because I didn't receive it for myself, because I wasn't deep in the word that thing would just come back and come back and come back and come back. Just as Jesus is saying in Luke 11, because you have a swept clean place, that demon is just going to come back because it knows where home is. But as soon as you let in the Holy Spirit and the things of God, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. As it says in Romans 12, that lock and that key changes. So when the devil tries to come back to you, but you filled yourself with the things of God, Oh, it's occupied. Lights on. We got home security. We got ATD security. We got cameras. We got three different locks. And baby, you ain't got the key. So it's so important when we deal with spiritual warfare and deliverance that we're making sure that once we're delivered, again, just checking the recording, once making sure that when we're delivered, we stay delivered by filling up those empty spaces that were once filled with demons with the things of the Lord. And because of the scripture, I'm so intentional. When I bind something, I loose it. It says what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loose in heavens, in the heavens, in the heavenly realms where those principalities and powers are, are dwelling to oppress people. So when I bind something in a prayer in Jesus name, I lose something in its place in Jesus name. So when I bind the spirit of anxiety in Jesus name, I lose the spirit of peace in Jesus name. When I bind the spirit of depression in Jesus name and the spirit of suicide in Jesus name, I lose the spirit of joy and I lose the spirit of life in Jesus name. You bind something and you replace it with the things of God. And that way, there's no coming back because it's filled with what you've loosed on earth and in heaven. Another thing on how you can navigate spiritual warfare, you want to get equipped with the armor of God. This armor of God being seen again in Ephesians 6 verse 10. This was our opening verse. We're going to go down to verse 17. It says, finally, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist 
waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This last piece of our armor being the word of God is so important. He tells us that we need a helmet of salvation. So receiving Jesus, that salvation of Jesus Christ, because we're set free by Jesus Christ. And the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Going back to when Jesus was tempted, even before his ministry started, going through 40 days and 40 nights of 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 fasting in the wilderness, Jesus gets tempted by Satan. Jesus doesn't even evoke his own name or his own power, but he evokes the scriptures, which is this last part of being equipped with the armor of God. We must know our scriptures. We must be able to pray in a way that we pray the scripture because the word of God does not return void, which means that the word of God is not something that comes back as decline. It's not like you swipe your card and then the card say decline, insufficient funds. There's never insufficient funds when it comes to the word of God. The word of God is when you stand on the things that the Lord has said and Satan recognizes Jesus more than he recognizes us. We're going to get to that. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm just so excited, but Satan recognizes the word of God more than he recognizes any word that I say. I can say, um, I rebuke you. I rebuke you who? I rebuke you in what? But you bring a scripture. You bring scripture that says that we will be able to cast out demons in the name of Jesus after that great commission. Jesus told us that. He told us that in Mark 16. He said, in these signs shall accompany those who believe. So in the name of Jesus, I receive the power that it says in Mark 16 verse 17 that I will cast and drive out demons in the mighty name of Jesus. So Satan get thee behind me in Jesus name. When we say that, we're not speaking words of human words that return void, but we're speaking the word of God that never changes and brings freedom. Okay, perfect. Another way that we need to stand firm when it comes to guarding ourselves and navigating spiritual warfare and demonic attacks, we're going to go back to the point of guarding your heart. So when we talk about guarding your heart, you want to be a sealed soldier. You don't want any slips in your armor. You don't want any cracks in your armor. When it came to medieval days, they was wearing them layers of that, um, you know, layers of metal, then they put the armors on top, then they had the helmet from head to toe. They were a fortified and unbreakable shield and armor for that soldier. So it's important that we examine our lives. Are there vulnerabilities where you think that that demon who, that impure spirit can try and come back into that house that's swept clean? Are you not filling yourself with the things of God? Are you opening doors for things that lead to temptation or lead to attachment to other spirits? You have to check those things. Um, it says in Isaiah 54 verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and you will ref- and every tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned. We're like, hallelujah, yes. But there's a second part to that verse that says, this is the heritage of servants of God and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. And what that means is we have to be in right standing with the Lord in order to receive this promise of no weapon formed against you will prosper and every tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned. We need to make sure that we're under the covenant of the Lord and we're under uh, this 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 fathership of the Lord so that we can walk in the authority that he's given us. But if we're not walking in right standing, if we're not saved by Jesus Christ, if we're not trying to be the best people that we can be in terms of our faith walk, then 
the Lord cannot bestow upon us this authority. And we see this in Acts uh, 19, where there are some Jews. So Jews are people who do not believe in Jesus, because at this point, Jesus was risen. Um, anyone who was a follower of Jesus would be would have been called a disciple or a Christian or an apostle. We say that these are Jews. So these are people who do not truly walk as servants of the Lord, as spoken about in Isaiah these are people who are not followers of Jesus wholeheartedly and who are not trying their best each day to live right by his standard. So these Jews are going around and they're trying to drive out evil spirits and demons. They're trying to engage in this world of um, spiritual warfare. And they tried to invo invoke the name of Jesus without truly believing and following and walking with Jesus over those who are demon possessed. And these Jews would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. So they don't even claim ownership of Jesus, where, where we would say, in the mighty name of Jesus, my Lord, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But they're saying, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, we don't preach him because we're Jews. We don't really believe in Jesus. But but like these demons kind of getting getting hard. So let me let me just say the name of Jesus. But I don't really live the way Jesus wants me to live. I don't really believe in Jesus like that. Um, I'm not really following his commands like how I really should. But I'm still going to use the name of Jesus to try to rebuke this demon. And look what happens. They say to them, get out. And then the evil spirit answers them. This is verse 15. One of the evil spirits answered them and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know about. But who are you? A Jew who doesn't believe in Jesus trying to evoke the name of Jesus in spiritual warfare. You're not even walking right. You don't even believe he's real, but you're trying to call on the name of Jesus against me. And you know what the, the demons do? Because they know they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not filled with Jesus. They don't truly believe, but they're trying to play around with his name during spiritual warfare. Those demons then jump on the Jews that were misusing the name of Jesus. So it's so important for us to understand that Jesus, uh, that the demons and demonic powers when it comes to spiritual warfare are able to recognize the authentic and true power of Jesus that comes from his true followers. So we have to follow Jesus wholeheartedly and walk in his authority. In Matthew 7 verse 21 to 23, Jesus confirms this, this idea of just because you say my name doesn't mean you have the power. In verse 21 of Matthew 7, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on the day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will tell you plainly, I never knew you. Get away from me, you evildoers. So Jesus examines the true heart of a person. Jesus examines, are you truly walking with him? And then we understand when we're walking right, as it says in Isaiah 54, when we're walking in the heritage of servants of the Lord, then we're able to walk confidently and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. No demonic attack shall ever condemn me. In the mighty name of Jesus, Satan, you are rebuked because Jesus is my Lord. He's my advocate. He intercedes for me on the right hand of the Father. That only happens when I'm walking right with Jesus and when I accept him as my Lord and Savior. Otherwise, we can speak the name of Jesus all we want. It's just gibberish like those Jewish, like those Jewish people who are trying to cast out demons. I got three more postulates for you on how you can fight in this world against spiritual warfare, being equipped as a Christian. The next thing I need you to do, if you are able to speak in tongues, I need you to speak in your heavenly language and say the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus and there's power in speaking in tongues. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse two to five, it says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but speaks to God. 
Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comforting. But he who speaks in a tongue, in spiritual tongue, edifies himself. When you're dealing with spiritual oppression, that means the dampening of your spirit, the dampening of how you feel. It can bring you down when you feel anxious, when you feel when you feel this heaviness in your chest. Like when I was leaving all throughout the walk, I walked for like an hour. For 45 minutes out of that hour walk, I felt so oppressed and i wasn't praying i was just like okay let me distract myself with this podcast but then i got to this point where i'm like i can't bring this into my home because i i'm pretty sure there there was a point where i'm like no girl this is demonic and i was like no 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 i started speaking in tongues it says whoever speaks in his heavenly tongue edifies himself edifies his spirit edification means to lift yourself up to almost pull yourself up out of your bootstraps and allow you to build yourself up again after feeling oppressed. So when I was walking, I just began to speak in tongues. I didn't even call, I, I, I just, I didn't even call on no prayers. I said, the name of Jesus, I said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, my Lord. And I just began speaking in heavenly language. And if you don't have the ability of speaking in tongues, but you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, be assured the Holy Spirit is still in you. But speaking in tongues is just the evidence of the Holy Spirit that's within you. Jesus promises to everyone, once they are saved, that you will receive the Holy Spirit. And that means that each and every one of us who are saved by Jesus Christ have the capacity and the ability to speak in tongues. It takes a hunger, it takes a fervorance, and it takes a pure heart. And sometimes it's a journey. It's not linear. And it, it comes at the perfect time, I think, for every believer. But just keep walking. Just keep walking in him. Maybe I'll do a video talking about speaking in tongues. But that's something I'm not super duper knowledgeable on. But one thing that I do know for sure is that everyone who receives Jesus gives gets that comforter the holy spirit and speaking in tongues is just the evidence of the holy spirit so you already have the holy spirit there you just have to ask and plead of the lord for his the gift of speaking in tongues which is just the evidence of what's already living inside of you the next thing i want to tell you is that you need to worship the lord when you're dealing with spiritual warfare there's importance in understanding the power of true worship to the lord in verse samuel first samuel chapter 16 verse 14 to 18 it says the spirit of the lord this is now referring to king saul we talked about this in my worship video um the spirit of the lord had left saul and an evil spirit from the lord was terrifying him a demonic oppression spiritual warfare was happening to saul and then his official said it's an evil spirit from god that's frightening you your majesty let us go look for someone who is good at playing the harp he can play for you whenever the evil spirit from god bothers you and you'll feel better so even his officials understood the power of music the power of anointed music saul answered all right find me someone who is good at playing the harp and bring him here and then we talk there's a man named jesse who lives in bethlehem who has a son who is david and he's a brave warrior he's good looking <laughs> he can speak well and the lord is with him and then in verse 23, it says, whenever the evil spirit from God bothered Saul, whenever that spiritual oppression came, David would play his heart. And David was a man, his harp. So David was a man after God's own heart. So he's able to usher in the spirit of God. And because of that, the evil spirit left Saul when music of worship, true worship to the Lord was played. When I got home after my walk, I just began to sing songs to the Lord. Yeshua and Yahweh, just playing songs that speak the name of Jesus. It don't need to be fancy. 
Deep worship playlist is linked down below. It don't need to be fancy. It just need to be speaking the name of the Lord and asking for his presence to come. Because when light is there, darkness cannot dwell. So, Okay, everybody, last point, because this definitely did get cut off, um, is just when you're dealing with spiritual warfare, to definitely call on the brethren. In Matthew 18, verse 18 to 20, Jesus says, truly, I tell you what you bind on earth will be bounded in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with you. So the devil loves when you're alone. I've found that the moments in which and the periods of my life where I felt the most oppressed, the most anxious, the most depressed, the most tormented was the times where I was just in my room sitting and sitting in anxiety. Sometimes you need more than just one person. You need more than just yourself. Sometimes we have to admit we're not strong enough on our own, maybe not spiritually mature enough to deal with these things on our own. So we have to call on our friends who are trusted and vetted and not no friends who's gonna tell you, oh girl, go to yoga. No, 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 no. We need spiritual friends, people who will be able to pray for you and pray you out of things. Um, and if you don't have those people, pray to God to, ooh, Jesus, yes, to, oh, yes, please pray to the Lord in order to get individuals who are ordained to help you out of situations, please. If you are isolated, if you feel like you do not have Christian friends, join your Christian church, join a local community, join a Bible study and begin small, but just find yourself in the communion with the saints for freedom comes with other people as well. There's freedom in the word of your testimony. You cannot do it all on your own. Growth comes in community. Oh my goodness. Last thing we're gonna do before we head out, we're gonna say Psalms 91. Psalms 91 is a scripture that I love and has been near and dear to me. My mama taught me, say it every morning before you leave. I was like, why don't you say it every morning before I leave? No, say it every, like, it's funny because everything my mom said came true, y'all. Like, listen to your mother, please. Especially if she's anointed, don't play with her. Don't play with your mama. Whew, Psalms 91. Please open it. I think, I don't really know what version. This is definitely not New King James or King James. My guess is NIV. Whoever dwells in the secret place of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snail and from snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and buckler and rampart. Repeat after me. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the hour that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side. Are you still repeating after me? And 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say of the Lord, he is my refuge and make the most high your dwelling place, no harm will overtake you, nor will any disaster come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. Make it personal. I will trample the lion and the cobra. 
I will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord. Because she loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him for she or he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, says the Lord. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Be blessed. Stay strong. And thank you so much for listening. God bless you.